episode of no ride around that was your second time doing that and it didn't still didn't go great no it wasn't <laughs> it was like the words were new to you mm. <laughs> i have a i if somebody in my life my family she's really smart um great career retired like very she can't say the word brewery and it became like really funny to ask her to say the word brewery because it always came out as brewery brewery and like you would phonetically slow this thing down and she, you couldn't get the word brewery to come out and that was new for you just now. It was the bad. The word new. It was bad. Um, <laughs> Molly can't, she can't do exacerbate. She cannot uh, do exacerbate. It always sounds like masturbate? No, she just says exasperate. Oh, yeah. Different ter- different word. <laughs> she cannot. That, that one is an unsolvable riddle. Isn't that weird how things can get <laughs> in, just stuck in you? They're just in you. <laughs> she can't get that one. It's oh, done. That's a bad deal. Um, now that I know that I'm going to find a way to use that word like absurdly uh-huh. in our conversations. Um, it's a big week. I mean, it's almost like the week it's dang near the week with the, I mean, with, it's the second big week for you and I this, for this year. I mean, you're talking, uh, Leadville 100 into Breck Epic. Yep. So if you are a part of no ride around in some capacity, you are probably like, the pins and needles week is this week. And I yeah. know it is for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about it today. We rode this morning. Um, you and Rob tested out your new race weapon. It's an, it's an interesting thing now because when you say when you say you and Rob rode together, it's completely different than it's ever been to date. Um, Rob and I rode together because we were stuck to the same two-wheeled <laughs> device. <laughs> so... It's been a running joke for two seasons that you guys were going to do tandem at Leadville. Yeah, and you know, like jokes, there's always a little truth to it. <laughs> it's like it's like getting just a little bit too drunk and then you say what's on your mind. <laughs> yeah, next thing you know, you got a, you got a tattoo of Wiley Coyote on your neck. <laughs> uh, yeah, Rob and I took out the tandem for the first time today. Um, and... You know, we've been making jokes about this over the last week. And heck, the bike just arrived a handful of days ago, right? It's Monday today. We got the bike on Thursday at about 3 p.m. It's been a tight, it's a tight turn. I mean, scramble, backflip gymnastics to get this thing rideable, including uh, a surgical strike mission to the bike shop yesterday after I did my last kind of big training ride. Let's, I mean, let's talk about what the strike mission to the bike shop was. We had to find an Amazon package that was stuffed behind a wooden pallet at a business that's not your business <laughs> in an alleyway to get the part, the final part needed to get to a functional bike. Yes. Um, got that done. And we're still hanging shit off of it in the parking lot today. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. And, and actually swapping out parts. Parts will be swapped out in Leadville. Mm-hmm. So this is, not only are we the least experienced tandem riders, but uh, we also will only have one true test ride, today's test ride, before we race. We'll okay. pedal around Leadville. But you're I, not going to go do an effort. We're not going to go do an effort. So today was the was the day to, to figure it out. It's a good thing that you guys have known each other for a while. 
And you both are like pretty high level racers. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff we talked about on the bike today uh, that are working for us. Uh, we both have FTPs that are, you know, high, right? right? So you're talking about high 300s, which means you can kind of fix a lot of issues as long as you're powerful. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. it's like you're not good at technical riding, go faster through the rocks yeah. and you don't have to do as much technical. Right. So, um, so we have that going for us. Uh, we're both single speeders, so we have a similar cadence. Uh, we were climbing up Green Mountain's fire road today, and as we're getting towards the top and kind of grunting it out and staying on the bike, we said, uh, well, it's a good thing one of us isn't like a spinner, right? Yeah. Somebody who loves a high cadence and the other guy's a single speed dude, so he's like more of a lower cadence. Because we're both single speed guys, we have that same rhythm. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff that's like working for us. And then I think the biggest one is Rob is just so chill yep not that he's not motivated and driven and all but he's he can he can just kind of take things as they come mm-hmm. and even though i'm never going to be described that way by anyone close to me <laughs> i do have an ability to be where i'm at and to embrace that last mm-hmm. night um i laid in bed last night at our house for the first time in in you know a week and a half or so and abby goes does it feel good to be in our bed and i was like versus she goes well versus the van you know like is it and no, I said, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I said was, uh, I go, I'm just in bed. I go, I don't think, I go, I don't, I don't think in comparison yeah. because I'm in this bed. So I'm in this bed. And then when I'm in that bed, I'm in that bed. And when I'm on a tandem, I'm on a tandem. And when we're, we're riding together, you know, like we can just accept where we're at. And sure. so there's a lot of stuff that makes him the right teammate. Yeah. But dude, I'm telling you, it's a trip. I mean, just watch it. I, I did think I was going to ride with y'all and, until whatever point in the ride that you rode away from, because it was me and Abby riding with y'all. And then the weird clusterfuck handlebars turning, hit like trying to watch you guys get started at the same time thing. I was just like, I, I they don't need an audience and <laughs> I need to go for a bike ride. <laughs> yeah. If you would have been able to hang for like five more minutes, we hit a rhythm. Yeah. And then I feel like we did a pretty damn good job. I mean, we rode everything. You guys looked like I, I got to the bottom of one descent that meets up with the bottom of another descent just in time to see you guys come down the bottom of the fire road and start the next climb. You guys looked pro. I mean, we figured it out pretty quick. <laughs> it's amazing what necessity you'll do. <laughs> That's the only way to change yeah. is to paint yourself directly into that corner. So, how do you ride um, 50 miles? Go that way in tw- for 25 miles. You know, the things that I think were more challenging was, uh, well, when's the last time you rode on 26-inch wheels? Well, I was going to say, you know, we talked about all the things that are are working positively for you as far as you guys being in sync as athletes. But let's talk about the things that are working directly against you. Uh, 17-year-old bike. It, it's got to be older than that. It's a 2005. Okay. Yeah. All right. Nah, I mean, that makes sense. Technically 18, because yeah, yeah. right, they advanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, that makes sense. So 17-year-old bike with 26-inch wheels. We did our best to, like, I sat down with the gear calculator, which I'm sure you were just like, this guy's a fucking nerd, because I sent you pictures of gear development, uh, trying to figure out how to get a big enough, because we, we converted it. It was a three-by-eight chain. It had three chain rings in the front, eight in the back. We wanted to convert it to a one by, I think was probably the best decision. I mean, the best decision. But there's not a, 
with the drive, any drive chain that we would have put on there, we wouldn't have been able to get a big enough chain ring on the front to make up for the smaller wheel size to have it roll out the same as a 29er. We got close. We got real close. I didn't see the bike until yesterday. And, uh, you real first of all, I owe you, I owe you a, a debt of gratitude because <laughs> you've done a lot of work, and I know this because when I showed up yesterday, you sounded like a tandem like expert. <laughs> You're telling me all about this stuff with chain wrap the, and the, the, the timing chains, timing chains, and the eccentric bottom, and they're telling me all the stuff, and I'm like, I, I, I kind of want to tell him like I'm just gonna pedal, dude. But you have like really invested a lot of knowledge gaining. We call it uh, full immersion. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Like it, the, it's the upside to having, you know, I think a lot of these changes, Rob and I were, were really willing, at least what we thought to ride it as is, but again, we hadn't seen it and you knowing, well, as is wasn't going to work. Um, Rob and I are texting like, man, they've really taken this on as like a shop project. I, I don't think, by the way, if you're a base camp customer and you came in for something as simple as like a tire <laughs> sealant refresh in the last three days, like it ain't done. Yeah, no, it didn't happen. <laughs> Come back Wednesday. <laughs> And I, I felt guilty, but at the same time, like grateful, like, holy crap, they're taking this thing on. Well, I mean, I think some of that was just understanding that you guys are going to Leadville with a pretty specific goal set in mind. I mean, we're going to win tandem. And you're, you're really bringing the, like, and in, it's not really an ideal tool. Well, I bought it for 1400 bucks. Out of Menlo Park. It cost almost half that to get it shipped to Denver. Wow. Not quite, but you know. But still, saying. it's a lot. I mean, and you've a- you've added parts. We've added parts. Yeah. I owe you for some parts. Like we have. Um, but even still, all in, you know, we're going to be all in for a little bit. Yeah. The people we're competing against have like fifteen to $17,000 yeah. custom 29ers yeah. that are bad at. Like, like we are definitely bringing a tool, not the same tool. This is the, uh, the really the true, is it the athlete or the equipment? Totally, yeah. <laughs> We're going to prove it's the athlete. I think it is. So that's what we got. Yeah. But, but uh, then, I mean, you're doing, you're still, slice it any way you want for the second time you're doing Lead Epic. Doing Lead Epic and uh, today, so... I just had to adjust in the chair. If you heard that rolling around, my left hamstring just like locked up a little bit. Uh-huh. We didn't do a big ride today. You know, 1,800 feet of climbing, 10 and a half miles up to Green Mountain, whatever, right? Uh, but I didn't know, is it going to be way easier, way harder? And in my head, I think I had told myself that riding the tandem is going to be easier on the legs to the point where like, I was like, I'm probably going to ride all week. I don't need to taper. I don't need to. <laughs> and then I rode it and I was like, it's going to be the same effort. Yeah. And I said that to Rob and he goes, well, yeah, because we're going to, we're going to ride it hard. So it's going to be this. It's not going to be a walk in the park. Like we're going to turn ourselves inside out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then I'll join you to line up on Sunday morning for Breck Epic. And we got Breck. At least this time you won't have to like do the weird, like drive to Leadville to get your award. Morning of morning. Breck of. Epic, chase yeah. the race down. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're handing out both buckles and awards. They're handing out buckles at the finish line. Yep. And then awards Saturday night. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then and then yeah and then we'll cruise to Breckenridge and get settled in, have dinner. Yeah, and then it's party time for 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 Breck Epic. Which there's been a ton of evolution with the Breck Epic situation. Um, and I don't know like if we're how how 
this works. But um, I'm so proud of you for being a racer this year. <laughs> Thanks. You know, and I think I've said that many times on on our recordings, but you really showed that just recently, even more so, not just with your training, but like I think that the racer exists like at the at the person's like the level of your heart and mm. your mind, mm. not necessarily what your like training block is. And you just proved again that you're just a fucking racer. Um, and so when you attack Breck Epic on Sunday, I'm like ready to cheer you yeah. all the way on. I um, it's such a different experience this year going into it like just everything like mentally physically everything's gonna be it 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 feels different today so i know it's gonna feel different in a super positive way um come sunday well let's just keep it real in 2019 your only goal could have only been to finish dude and now there's no doubt like i don't think you would look at any part of this and be like man i hope i finish yeah no no no. i um you know we did um, last Monday and the Monday before we did stages six and four. Um, and I was riding him with Colin and he's like, well, we, you know, the GPS GPX files are never perfect. And, uh, we'd get hung up somewhere and he'd be like, well, don't you remember? Dude, I don't remember. I barely remember the first day. I mean, I had a great time and I think I was, mentally in a super positive place the whole week. Um, but every day was just survival. Right. And then going back and doing those two rides, yeah, granted fresh legs, da, 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 whatever. Um, I borderline didn't have any business being out on that race course in 2019, like on the edge of being like, Maybe it's just not safe for you to go do a six day race. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, just the 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 evolution of mentality. I think my mentality is probably like consistent, but just like I, I have no fear about my ability to to perform. So then it's just executing. Yeah. Well, and you get to I think what you're going to experience is the ability to make the decisions that you want to make strategically versus the decisions that you have to make in a survival. Survive, yeah, mindset, like, you know, and so yeah. that's going to be really cool for you to be able to like almost look at the day and say like, what is my goal? Like, mm-hmm. what am I trying to accomplish mm-hmm. on today's ride? Yeah. Versus it just being, well, I don't need to think about it. I just, I just need to finish. Yeah. Finish. Get to the end. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I'm jacked for that. And, you know, and, and so. It'd be good. I think we have a fun crew too. Um, yeah, heck of a cool crew. Yeah. Big, big, I like, I didn't think we were going to have, I think we have, what, like six people? We got Abby and I. Yeah. Me we got Colin. you, Colin. We have Rick, Rick Elander, Chad. Chad. Six, seven. Seven. Yeah. That's and a we're big doing crew. Uh, team dinners every night and uh, keep each other stoked alive. And that's going to roll from there. And, yep. you know, everyone's got pretty, I mean, not everyone's got different goals because. Uh, the big goal is to finish. <laughs> but I kind of feel like Brian and Chad have a very similar goal. Yeah, they'll. I mean, they'll as teammates, they'll be racing pretty heads up because yeah. they're both racing elite men. Right? Yeah, they're they're gonna they're gonna be charging. Yeah, and so it's gonna be cool because they're both gonna pull each other along, right? Mm-hmm. At, the, at the end of the day, um, they're each gonna give what they have in the tank, and that may be different, mm-hmm. and that's gonna equate to the result. But they're going to be like pushing each other. They're only going to be better because they're on the course together. Yeah. You know? 
There'll be I I'm willing to bet that there'll be some like mid stage truces where they pull each other and work together. I hope so. And then at like ten miles to go, both of them are like, "Okay, I'll bet." They're just off. gonna get quiet. Yeah, they won't even. They'll get <laughs> they won't, quiet. They won't talk. <laughs> um, speaking of not talking, uh, I'm either going to prove that I'll be married for the rest of my life, or I have two weeks of marriage left. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, you guys think I got a transient <laughs> lifestyle right now? <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait till wait till the single Justin hits the. Because, no. um, um, yeah, you're, I mean, that's a, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can test a relationship. <laughs> a six day mountain bike one is one of the more novel ones. So, uh, we've, we've talked about it. And then even in talking about it, it was like, I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay. Done talking about it. But, um, the, the truth is if you ignore all of the things about a big event that can freak you out. Really, what I'm saying is, hey, Ab, I booked us a condo at Carter Park and Breck. I've got a cooler full of food. I want to ride bikes with you for about five or six hours a day and then eat some food and watch some movies. You down with that? We don't have to go to work. We don't have to like <laughs> deal with the dogs. We don't, I just want to ride some bikes, eat some food, and watch some movies with, with you yeah. for like a week. What do you think? I mean that's really what it is. That's what it is. Um I think the hardest part for you is going to be not turning into her trying to coach her on the course. Right. And I think the hardest part for her is that when she needs a coach on the course, listening to the coach. Well, and that's um like it's the same problem just from each side of it. Yeah, you know, uh I- Sometimes I try, I don't want to air too much of our dirty laundry sure. on here, yeah. but you know, we had a conversation yesterday and she goes, I get it. I get it. You don't need to give me all the details. I understand. I get it. And I was like, okay, but like four days ago, I didn't give you enough details and you were pretty twisted that I hadn't <laughs> given you details. So now, and so now I'm like giving you more details about this thing because of that. And she goes, well, I'm over that. And I was like, historically speaking, <laughs> you've not gotten over things as quickly as that. Well, I'm different now. That's <laughs> what she said. And I was like, you know, that may be a hard, that this is hard for I me. I don't believe you. <laughs> like, you're kind of like a weatherman. Like, you're giving me your best guess, but yeah. full disclosure, you're probably going to be wrong. Anyway, um, the thing is, I'm going to turn off coach all the way. Yeah. So the, the unfortunate bit is, if she needs a coach, like, she's not going to get one. Yep. Because it's hard to be both. Yep. Right. And so, and to know when to pepper it in and when how do you to do not. That, yeah. Right. And so, um, I have got, I'm just going to ride. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring different bikes. I'm going to have fun. You have gummy worms in your back pocket. Uh, yeah. I'm eating all kinds of weird snacks. I got, I'm like, in for her. Yeah. I, I distinctly remember the story about finishing a 14er with her that involved bribery with gummy worms. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to have treats for her. Yeah. Um, but I think that it'll be the unspoken because oftentimes that's right, the confusion that we tend to have as either teammates or coach athlete or in interpersonal relationships is expectations not being met. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, those things are all unspoken. I thought you were going to, I wish you would have, mm-hmm. I, but you have before what like these things, right? So it'll be her sitting there having an unspoken expectation of what she thinks I'm supposed to, 
to be doing or what I think she's supposed to be doing. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so we need to let all that go. And, I, and so I tried to tell her, I'm like, hey, uh, just let you know, like riding with you, I love you, you're my wife, but it's never a workout. And so I know that already. So just do your ride, dude. Yeah. And I'm just going to be along with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, experiencing this through the eyes of, of her. I've, I've done some pep talk. Like she's come by the shop for a couple of things, dropping off parts for the tandem, picking up her bike. Um, and I've tried to like give her some perspective on some stuff like, hey, it's going to be hard. But when it gets hard, just stop, turn to your left or your right, and take in the amazing view that is inevitably going to be there. Like, just go have fun. It's yeah. going to be like, the expectation is to finish. Outside of that, how long, I went and looked at my times, like, more out of curiosity. I was on course for seven hours a day. I did a silver rush worth of riding every day for six days. Like, it just was what it was. On the flip side, all you had to do every day was do that. Was be on a mountain bike for seven hours a yeah. day. You're like as a bike shop owner, what else would you want to be doing? Not, not really. Much like if else. you stripped yeah. down, like the yeah, like, reduce, boil it down. Boil it down. What do you love about your job? Well, I get to deal with bikes. Well, why do you like that so much? Because I love biking. Yeah, I like okay. to ride bikes. That's what you need to do yeah. for a day's work. So, you know, I was talking with somebody about running a business because they've always been an employee and they see the business owner as like living their passion. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I was like, you do realize that it's only about 12% of the job. That's the passion. And then it's 88% of the stuff that you need to do because it's just things that need to be done for any business. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I got to tell you, I'm not passionate about spreadsheets, but right. I fucking live in spreadsheets. Right. Like if you love bacon muffins, that does not mean that you can open up a muffin company and enjoy every day, Mm-mm. every moment of every day, Mm-mm. right? And so, uh, as a matter of fact, the first thing you're going to outsource is, if ma- you're is making muffins. Mu- muffin thing is, the, <laughs> is that piece. So you're going to say, the reason I love this company is the first thing I'm going to stop doing. Yep. So you better love, you better love the business side of it. And, yeah. Um, this is just your passion part. Yeah. For you. Mm-hmm. You get to do the passion part. Colin gets to do the passion part. Yep. Um, I think that's kind of a good segue because it is today. I, I kind of wanted to like talk about perspective, right? Um, so much of, of especially something hard, like a bike race, especially something hard, like a six day bike race um, is all about managing your perspective to your point. What like, I got to go do this hard bike race and I have to worry about, my nutrition and what am I going to wear and what am I going to eat and how much am I going to sleep or look at it from, you know, 10 degrees left of that and go, I just get to go ride my bike and hang out in Breckenridge for a week. It's all perspective, right? Yeah. Um, and what got me thinking about it is angry mountain bikers. Okay. I'm a, just to let everyone know who's listening. <laughs> Dude, I'm, we, I'm we're, we're freestyling. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the passenger seat too. So I'm yeah. excited to see where I get to jump in. So, I think it's a pretty small percentage of mountain bikers that I see on trails in the Colorado front range that are friendly. That I don't disagree with you. That they'll, if you say hi or thank you, they'll return a hi or a thank you. These people that don't say hi back when I say hi, I give them a middle finger to their back when they ride by. I, um, I give them a, cause I'll say hi before I get to them. Yeah. And if by the time I'm to them, they haven't said anything 
I just finish the conversation. I have both sides of the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Cool. Yeah, great. That. Yeah, you have a good ride too, buddy. Like, <laughs> right. And then I hope they feel like an asshole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so then I, you know, I, I was thinking like it'd be kind of funny to to do like a like a a top ten reasons mountain bikers are mad. And so I started running through all these these funny things like, well, they're mad because their bike isn't good enough. The brake rotor's rubbing. That, I mean, that would make me mad. I mean, like, <laughs> r- like ridiculous reasons. Like my bike isn't, I don't have it. I don't have the bike that I want. I have the nice bike that I want, or I do have the bike that I want, but it's not working right. Or I'm training and I'm in the middle of an interval and the song just came on the playlist that I don't like. And so I started like, going down this, like, like what could make you so mad while you're on a mountain bike that you're just a dick. On that the you're trail. just a dick. Like your default setting is that you're a dick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I wanted to just kind of open-endedly have a conversation about, I, I hit massive training burnout. Like I'm as physically ready as I am and as excited as I am for Breck Epic. I have just trained more than I've ever trained. And I'm, I'm just ready to not have to wake up and do a thing. Right. And I was talking to Molly about it and it's all perspective. I'm healthy enough to get up and do it. I have the resources to get up and do it. I have the lifestyle that allows me to get up and do it. And so like, like how do you justify being mad while you're out riding a bicycle, having a good, even a bad time. It's that, that that whole like bad day fishing is better than a good day at the office. Yeah. So I just kind of want to like open-endedly like bring up that topic of, having better perspective while we're out on a bike doing the thing that supposedly we love and enjoy and just being dicks to the other people who are, are part of our group. Yeah. That's, uh, we've talked about the segmentation of like the, of, of society, right? Like, so we have the segment of people we talked about on one of the more recent episodes, there's people that don't even ride bikes and then there's people that ride bikes and that's already a super small subset of like the, let's call it U.S. population, right? Let's stick with Colorado. So the Colorado people that ride bikes versus the Colorado people that don't ride bikes. So we're already a smaller group. And then within that, it's like, well, what kind of bike? Road bike, mountain bike. Well, then what kind of mountain bike? Downhill bike, enduro bike, trail bike, cross country, single down speed, country, whatever, trail yeah. bike, cross country. Oh yeah. Then we'll get into the single speeds. Then we'll get into like, okay, now you've got the bike. Okay. Well, what? Who's what bike manufacturer? Are you like a big box bike brand? You got Trek Specialized? Are you like Yeti Ibis? Or are you like Moots or Boo? Are you like super weird, right? Mm -hmm. So we just have so many ways to slice it down. And I find my, I I even do that, right? And then you're super sliced down. You're like, well, wait a second. What is my goal here just to be alone? (laughs) Like, (laughs) am I trying to slice the pie so small (laughs) that I'm the only person? And I really think that that's what we almost do. And then you go out onto the trail and you're just that person. And no one's like me. No one out here is training the way I am. No one's got this event. No one's no one's like, my next race is like for a title. So they don't even know. Like I'm more, you know, we get to that spot. Mm-hmm. And I'll even say I get to that spot. And then anybody who's not on board with, yeah, but I'm the only one that matters, is now like an enemy. They're the enemy. On the trail. Uh wow, what, like, how do I shake the etch-a-sketch and say, 
Anybody on the trail, right? Anybody at a trailhead, runner, hiker, family, pushing a stroller. I'm going to say it is toxic, equestrian. Anybody anybody on a trail at any given time is so much like me that we're in the same, like, we're in the we same all spot. ended up at the same place and we didn't even call each other. No, like, <laughs> how am I, why am I trying to be so dissimilar to all of you when we're all, like, we're all out here? Yeah. And that is one that, like, I personally struggle with and I think it contributes to me It when I do become an angry mountain biker because I'm going to say I have been for sure. Like, I've been, vict- I've been uh, guilty of that. It's because I'm trying to think that I'm so different when really, like, come on, dude. Seriously? It is hard. Sometimes you get you just reach critical mass with like every person I've seen on the trail has been rude. Fuck it. Rude is the theme of the day. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I just uh, maybe a poorly fleshed out design, but I think I think for any of us, what, whatever your your purpose for being out on the trail and riding is, even if the purpose is not to have a purpose and to go ride. How, how do you end up in that spot in a negative mind space? Yeah, I, well, we take ourselves pretty seriously. We can. Oh, absolutely. And, and so when we take ourselves really seriously and something's not going right, um, we lose perspective. Like we lose the ability to like have a 10 foot mm-hmm. view on ourselves. Yeah. Uh, so this is a hard one because I've, I, I, I can jump into either side so quickly perspective guy in like angry, no perspective guy. So no perspective guy. Good example. I rode three sisters yesterday, which is, uh, if you're not local, a pretty heavily trafficked, not pretty. I and mean, people parked on the highway. I mean, Sunday, uh, Sunday, Sun- three sisters, you you might as well have been at farmer's market in Cherry Creek. And, uh, I, the reason we made that decision, um, so a lot of times when I have a long training ride, Molly will come hike while I ride so she can, we kind of are participating in the outdoors together, even if we're not together, um, kind of deal. And, uh, I was like, you know, it's gonna be two to three hour ride. She's like, that's fine. I'll, I'll hike until I'm bored with that. And I'll sit her a tree and read a book. Cool. The reason we did that is it's supposed to be thunderstorms. And we were talking about a different ride that if a bad set of weather had rolled in, there wouldn't be a fast way back to the car. Three sisters from any point on the trail, you're 10 to 12 minutes from your car. Right. And so that was the decision. So, but it's an important ride too, is my last kind of longer effort before we go to Breck Epic. So you could argue with the exception of the guys I saw that were training for Leadville and a stop and like talk to them for a second. As far as purpose goes, my ride was way more important than that family's hike and that dude in the full face, you know, from the perspective of I'm out here for a purpose. Right. If you asked everyone on the trail, why are you out here? Yeah. And yours was the, was the most specific, right? Like measurable, right? Like the smart goal, right? You Mm -hmm. had it. It was like right there. Okay. Um, so I could, I, I, you know, had, all the nerd boy racer shit, right? I've got power numbers in mind. I've got heart rate numbers in mind. I've got, you know, I know the route I'm going to do. I don't have to stop at the top of a climb or the bottom of a climb and go, which way am I going? Like I know 
from the second I roll away from the car and it was hilarious. I just go like when it was time for me to start, I just ghosted. Molly was still sitting in the truck and she, I got a text later. She's like, okay, bye. <laughs> like, but I was single purpose, right? Um, I had my nutrition on board. Like I was the guy. And out of the 300 cars there, I was the only guy like that. I was the only guy with this set of yeah real strict parameters. So it would be easy for me if I have to yield for a family with their dog on the retractable leash and their kid running across the track. I could talk myself real easily into being like, fuck that kid, fuck that dog, you know, or I can have the perspective of, man, having to let up on this effort for 10 seconds probably isn't the make or break between me having a successful race and not. Right. And, you know, you don't want to do that for the whole ride, but why wouldn't you rather just be, you know, I'm in a head to toe kit with the name of my business, the name of your business, the name of this podcast emblazoned on it. So why, why wouldn't I want to be like a positive steward of all of those entities and, and choose to not yield and not say hi and not look up from my stem when I'm doing a hard effort. I'm outside doing cool shit with other people who are outside doing cool shit. So coming from, and I'm not an elite level racer, obviously, but my purpose is just as clearly defined as an elite level racer out on a local trail doing the same thing. So if anybody there at that, at that perspective can, or sorry, at that, uh, you know, with that goal set can just take a step back and be like, these are all my people. Maybe they can have less mad, angry fucking mountain bikers. It's so bad, dude. Yeah, no, I, again, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like this season, you know, each season we have like this, like marquee thing that's the thread through the year, you know, whether it's the Breck Epic in 19 or, you know, our team creation and stuff in 20 or LaRuda and then LaRuda extended. LaRuda parts two and three and four. Um, But I almost feel like I'm, I almost feel like if we looked at the thread this year, it's it's really been the evolution of you. Honestly, has been like something we've talked about a lot throughout this year Mm -hmm. um, because it's been so obvious. But I think that, your ability to to see this not only as an opportunity for an episode and wanting to talk about it, but because you want to talk about it. Look, dude, when you're not just turned inside out, you have then the ability to have perspective. Mm. And again, this just goes to show like you had that ride, but it's only because you've developed to where you are that you are able to be detached enough from the effort itself to say, oh, I can see past that sure. and see these other things. I don't think you this time last year, you know, still thinking, can I do or not do LaRuda and like the intimidation factor of all of it is sitting there on Three Sisters having perspective. Like we may be having a, a topic conversation right now about why retractable leashes are the worst invention <laughs> on the planet. You know, and you're going to kill anyone who has like, Yeah. I mean, they're horrible. I mean, they really are. Um but, but I didn't let it get in the way of my ride. Right. And I still said hi to the family. <laughs> but it's because the ride itself, even as at an effort, yeah. wasn't turning you out so much that yeah. 
you just like Maslow's hierarchy of needs works on purpose, right? Food, water, shelter, food, water, shelter, and sex. That was like at the bottom, okay. right? Yeah. And if you're struggling to get those, one of those four things, it's very hard at the top of the pyramid, which is like you know consciousness at a high level, right? <laughs> like this idea of of self and all that actualization. It's really hard to have high level thinking when you're like hungry. Right. It's hard to have high level thinking when you're thirsty. It's hard to have high level thinking when you're stressed. I mean, we yeah. even have people we deal with um, that are part of our community that have stresses around this sport that don't allow them the perspective that we can have when we don't have those stresses. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to put it out there on Main Street. Yes, guys, listening, people on the team, people that are not associated with the team at all whatsoever. I have this jacked up ability to like celebrity walk into base camp and get my shit dealt with immediately. <laughs> it's like, no, I didn't have that in 2016. Don't get it twisted, right? Yeah. yeah. I didn't have that in 2019. Yeah. But in 2022, I walk in here and a tandem gets delivered to the shop. Shit gets done. <laughs> and it shows up ready on a day off. <laughs> so, so. All right, I get it. Um, but when we don't have needs being met like that, it's it's so much harder to have that perspective. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that with people on the trail. When it's really hard for somebody on the trail, that's the person that's not saying hi back. Yeah. Or when it's really hard for somebody out there, or when somebody out there maybe is on out like on the surface, mm-hmm. being like me being judgy boy. On the surface, looks like this is maybe a first time out, or like they're getting into this activity. All of the apprehension that they bring is going to affect how they communicate. Like you're coming from a highly trained, and you call yourself not an elite racer, but I'm going to put you into like a race anywhere else in the country, and you're going to realize like, like <laughs> being, just, my, being, per, my perspective's all fucked up because I race in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, like if you're if you're pretty decent in Colorado, you're yeah. a badass everywhere right. else. Okay? That's fair. So. You being where you're at, you can think like this. The person yeah. who isn't where you're at has a hard time thinking about it. And um, that can change with, you know, life status. You know, I try to keep that in mind. Like, I had a lady uh, send an email, actually, to No Ride Around uh, yesterday. I didn't tell you this. I didn't want to tell you this. I got an email yesterday. Uh-huh. I was leaving Jackson, Wyoming. I'd gone into... Uh, Whole Foods and grab some food and I was driving out and I was like eating my food and driving at the same time eating and uh, and I'm driving and I come up on a car uh, it's obviously uh, a Subaru and they're going 10 below the speed limit uh, and I'm like okay it's like kind of annoying so I, I did get up behind them because I was going this speed limit so naturally the distance closes and I realized they're 10 below so I'm driving so you backed my, off or whatever uh, yeah I dri- but I'm driving with my knee and I'm just chilling and I'm drinking my kombucha and I think I was like grabbing some plantain chips right and driving with my knee and then uh they're slowing like they're even further below the speed limit now I'm like no I actually am close because I'm trying to like probably do more than I should be doing yeah. when I'm driving but nonetheless and then they get into the left turn like get into like a middle lane and then turn left all done without a signal okay and then I punch the accelerator back to normal speed limit and keep going. Then like 20 minutes later, I get an email. Hey, whoever's driving your guys' van in Jackson is tailgating locals and pissing locals off. I think you should know that whoever's representing you is doing a bad job. 
And I read the email and immediately I'm ready to respond, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm super ready to throw this back at them. Like, oh, hey, thanks for the email. Super appreciate you reaching out. Yeah, I heard there was an influx of Subarus driving below the speed limit and not indicating their terms. <laughs> um, thanks for letting us know. I'll get with our driver, right? I was going to say something like that. Right. And then I was like, this is going to turn into a thing yeah. that you could do like whole a problem. review and like, you can't get those taken down. Like better not to poke the trolls, right? Totally. But I thought, man, I know I get these emails. I don't know if Harley gets these emails also. Thank God. Because you could have been sitting at your house and got the email and been, because you know me, fucking Justin's out here on the van, fucking tailgate, honk him up. Like, you know Dude, I mean? it's happened. I know the, it's happened. The Instagram guy. I know. And at that, and I did cut that guy off. Like, I mean, that's fine. You know, I did cut that guy off. And that, that one. But this one, like, I'm like... What did I, I do? Like, how do you defend somebody going 10 below the speed limit and then turning off without using a turn signal? Like, yes, yeah, somebody's probably going to tailgate you because you are obviously not aware of what you got going on. Now, when I did pass this person, um, and I'm working very hard to not give you any descriptors about this person, <laughs> but I got a lot of words <laughs> that I'm not going to say. <laughs> and I passed this person, and they extended a strong middle finger off of the top of the steering wheel. Damn. In the left median lane, yeah. still with no signal on, yeah. I'm the bad guy. Yeah. Perspective. <laughs> you were the villain of their story that day. I'm the villain of their story. Yeah. They don't know I just DNF'd in a race that never should have gone on. Yeah. I don't know if my new bike is or is not functional. Completely fucked. I'm hungry. I have prepped five days for this event. And now the event equated to a 5.7 mile Ride slash pseudo hike slog through concrete cement sucking mud to walk to the back of the race to walk backwards against the whole race <laughs> on a jersey that says no ride around. Yeah, explaining it doesn't say no hike around. Yeah, that's why I'm out. Yeah, to being bone chilling cold, waiting for everyone else, waiting for my top level teammate who gets hypothermia and he's shaking on the ground and can't fin- like complete 500 racers in under 20 finish. Right? Complete mess. She didn't know that. Yeah. She didn't know that I'm trying to get to Kurt Gowdy so I can ride tonight still because I have an uninch scratch. Yeah. But I might not know that she has an exhaust issue. Yeah. And she can't drive over 30 miles an hour because it's whatever, right? Like, we never know each other, you know? And so it's only when we know ourselves that we can have perspective, which allowed me to chuckle at her email. I wrote the response in my brain. I did say it out loud, I think, because I'm a crazy person. I laughed at the response, and then I just drove away and deleted the email. Yeah, like there, there's nothing to gain from responding for either of you. On the flip side, though, what's to be gained from completing the conversation when you pass somebody, you say hi to them, they don't say anything, and then you complete the conversation? Fuck them, that's why. <laughs> okay. Wait, now you're the angry mountain biker. Yeah. <laughs> I was happy mountain biker, but then you were angry mountain biker, so now I'm angry mountain biker. Do you see how this works? My energy matches theirs. <laughs> uh I, yeah, I mean, even today there was a guy so green mountain is one of those uh it's it's a highly trafficked trail because it's 20 minutes from my 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 front door at home it's 20 minutes from the bike shop and i think it's the same for a ton of people plus there's a ton of like people that just live out there and everybody's got their own idea of what the right way to ride one of the i don't 20 trails right. that are up there and you can believe what you want to believe, but what was what was Elander's perspective that you explained it to me? Oh, so great. 
He goes, dude, if you're bitching about not being able to rage the downhill at Green Mountain, why don't you go across the street to Dakota Ridge yeah. if you want to be a downhill boy? So I do try to be respectful of people's woohoos. Yeah. Um, and so... What you mean is that when you're going down how, downhill, you're like, woohoo, woohoo, yeah. woohoo. So you don't want to steal someone's woohoo. I don't want to steal somebody's woohoo. No. Um, not much woohoos going four and a half miles an hour uphill. No. Um, so I have tried to, for five years of riding at Green Mountain, I have tried to maintain some integrity about what trails I ride up. To me, there's been trails that were uphill trails and trails that are downhill trails. And they're rules that only I imposed on myself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Rooney Valley, I think is everybody likes it cause it's like smooth and flowy at the top. Yeah. But it's an uphill trail to me. It's a terrible downhill. Like yeah, it, it is smooth and flowy, but none of the corners are bermed out correctly. It's kind of flat. So you got to pedal. So to me, it's an uphill Uphill trail. I think it's the most enjoyable way to get to the top of Green Mountain. I will actually argue that because I rode up the trail that to me was like the holy thou shalt never ride up this trail. And it's actually enjoyable. It's So I rode up Box of Rocks on Saturday night, and that is the best climb at Green Mountain. If such a thing exists as the best climb of anything, yeah, it's the best one. Um, but today, there's a guy at the top who was like mean mugging me and like noticeably shitty towards me because I was climbing up Rooney and he had to delay the start of his descent for literally 20 seconds. Hmm. Like he rolled up. I saw him roll up and stop. Um, I was on the last straight to the top of it. He was just like, I was like, Hey man, thanks for waiting. Like da 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 da. Nothing. Huh. The other Un, I just thought of this. The only the only other reason I can think of that nobody's saying hi is there's a huge population of deaf mute mountain bikers. There, you did not know this, but I I I uh, I wrote to the school for kids who don't read good. Uh, my friend Derek um, Z, he opened it. <laughs> mountain biking is the number one recommended activity for people who are deaf and dumb. Yeah, deaf and mute. Yeah. I think. Go ride a mountain bike. Everybody will just think you're rude. <laughs> like, uh, I remember riding behind a guy in a race who he had to be deaf. He had to be. There's no way I have dinged him. This is before, this is when I still used a bell. Right. I have dinged him. I have <clears throat> him. I have tombed him. I have then finally yelled at him. I mean, this guy, they know he beyond deaf, right? I go by him, he ain't deaf. He then responds. And I was just like, how can you be that much of a, like, just to let you know, I'm on, at any point in time, if I'm around another human organism, I'm wondering if I can kill them if it came down to it. Like, that's just how I'm wired. Like, I'm constantly thinking about my ability to defend myself and kill if needed. Okay. Okay. But But I hold that back because apparently that's like a frowned upon way of, like, viewing the world. It's like the agreement that we all wear t-shirts in public, a shirt covering like you you don't also view the people around you as food. But I need the guy to know like buddy, I'm really close to just thinking I need to murder you. Right. And you're giving me every reason to right now. <laughs> like <laughs> And then it turns out the one time that you did race with somebody who was deaf, he wasn't a problem at all. Remember the guy in 2019 Breck Epic? Not an issue at all. Like he 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 could kind of deal with it. 
Dude, I tell you what, these uh, angry mountain bikers. Yeah, I. You know, what should we do with them? There's got to be an action here. I kind of, you know, I'm joking about how I, I, you know, fuck them and, yeah, you know, I, I match their energy, but really, I just kind of do kill them with kindness. I mean, on on the average, nine point nine out of ten times. I, I remain cheery and I say hi and I say thank you. And even if I get nothing in response, I don't let that detract from me saying hi and thank you to the next person I come across. Okay. Angry mountain biker passes you. You know, he's that guy, whatever. You're, you being who you are, if anything happens mechanically on a trail, you can solve it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are some things that are like catastrophic, right? Like yeah. you explore a wheel, you explore a wheel, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but for the most part, okay. It's been 20 minutes since you've seen Angry Mountain Guy at the top of Rooney. You're now in a different part of the trail, and you come around Angry Mountain Guy, and he's got a flat on the side of the trail. Now, don't, don't give me this, like, Pope response, okay? Uh-uh. No, Keep it, it to me real. It's 50-50. It's really going to be, like, did I have, was, how did the rest of my ride go between my... <laughs> if I Angry Mountain Biker... Gonna... <laughs> like... You know, did did I have a good ride down Boxer Rocks? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I, I mean, I, so if I get bad service at a restaurant, I give a bad tip. I do. See, I don't. I know you don't. I because you you are nicer than most. <laughs> I give a, I get bad service. I give a bad tip. Yeah. Right. I get bad. I get a bad experience. I give a bad review. If I get the email asking for the review, I'll be hey, just be honest. Like yeah. Amazon did a did a wonder for me yesterday, right? Because that guy delivered that part we needed. Yeah. And it wasn't like it wasn't behind your business, but it was behind a business adjacent. And he did his best to get to the right spot. Yeah. But I called Amazon and it is a mother effort to get like a human on Amazon. So much so that the guy's recording voice on there, I, I'm gonna <laughs> find that guy yeah. and rip his tongue out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um but I finally got somebody and she was amazing. Not only did she help me, and she's she's like geolocating the pin at where the dude scanned the thing. the thing to say it was delivered. So that's how I knew it was next door. And not at, so that's how I knew to look there. She yeah. was awesome. Yeah. So I get the review, a request, and, I, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to fill it out. And it's like five star, five star, five star, five star. And then it says, how easy was it to get a hold of somebody? One star. Yeah. And it said right in here, I go, hey, super friendly, super helpful. Took forever to get to like an actual person. A, a real person. To. Like that was some BS. So mm-hmm. I, if you give me shitty service, you're going to get a shitty tip, period. Yeah. Angry mountain guy, he's a dick to you, but then needs help. I just feel like you're gonna help him anyway. I probably will, but I'm gonna live in the fantasy of of just like giving him the bird as I ride by with my perfectly inflated tires. See, I ain't helping that dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm a serves you right, dude. Now, if he's got like a compound fracture and he's like gonna bleed out, yeah. different that, situation. That's, no, we're just talking but, about it. Yeah, but yeah, if, yeah. if he's dealing with an inconvenience, yeah, I'm be like, yep, sure are. Well, I bet mean, you're real angry now. The best story about that is, um, you know, again, perspective and just being nice to those people around you when everybody's trying to do the same thing and have fun. Uh, last winter, last fall, Colin goes to Moab and does whole enchilada it's just him and uh his wife are are on a trip and he's like hey i'm doing whole enchilada one of these days so it was just him on his bike by himself on a shuttle and shuttle ride it's all friends and couples and then colin and one other random dude and 
Alan, who is not an extroverted person and not the type of person really to strike up a conversation, kind of strikes up, starts to small talk with the guy. And the guy's like, I'm really not here to make friends and just shut him down. Okay. Guy takes off out of the, the parking or, you know, the top of the shuttle an hour later, guys on the side with a, a busted chain. This is real life. This actually happened. Hey man, you got a chain tool or a spare link? Colin just rides by. Hey man, I'm not here to make friends. Just kept going. So like, you get what you get. Like, you get what you get, and you know, learning lesson for that fellow. <laughs> Maybe you should have made a friend, yeah, yeah. or brought a friend. Yeah, yeah, or just you know, like realize that there is going to be uh, for every reaction, there's an equal and opposite yeah. reaction. Yeah, it, but it's just like, what gets somebody to the the space where somebody's trying to be friendly with them? And their response is, I'm not here to make friends. Well, dude, I didn't ask you for your phone number, but we're both going down this trail on mountain bikes. Right. Why can't we, you know, you know, to use a uh, the fight club deal, why can't we be single-serving friends? Why can't we just be friends from the top of this hill to the bottom of this hill? Yeah. You know, it's um, – so there's been a lot of talk this year, at least with the, with the work that I've been doing about what really fuels your like aspirations for what you want your life to mean or what you want to stand for or what you want to embody. And, you know, it took a, it took a lot of learning to realize that part of the reason that I'm so engaged in us doing the podcast and so engaged in us doing the team and, and why I'm willing to be pretty uncomfortable in a moment personally for the greater good of like what illustrates this sport or group can do for you is to get others to do it too. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's why I've learned more this year than anything that like my own finish lines are neat, but other people's finish lines have like an added magic dust on them Mm -hmm. and driving the no ride around van and, and really wearing our team colors every time we're out has beaten back that angry mountain bike guy in me so much so that when I do wear like all black I realize, like, oh man, like I do act a little different. Like the accountability measure, and that's mm-hmm. where the angry mountain biker. There's like no accountability. Um, okay, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna tell the story. Uh oh. Yeah. Shit. Okay. <laughs> Best part about the podcast is that we get one hour to like be the person we want to be remembered as in this one hour, mm-hmm. and so you filter out the stuff that doesn't support that. And I'm about <laughs> to break the filter. Okay. Abby and I do. A, a little adventure together. Abby's going to go ride mountain bikes with a teammate, Audrey. And I need to go to Golden and get uh, an obscure part. So I go to Golden and get the obscure part, and I ride my bike to meet up with Abby at the parking lot of North Table Mountain. I load up my bike. I'm waiting for her. She finishes. I load up her bike. Just so happens my bike had a rigid post, and so I couldn't use the hitch. I put her bike on the roof of her car. We leave. We head home. I want to go to Starbucks, she says. Great idea, I reply. We pull towards the nearest Starbucks. Is it this parking lot? No, it's that parking lot. No, it's no, it's the next parking lot. I make two wrong turns. And so now I'm kind of like quickly moving through parking lots. Aha, Starbucks, I see you. It was a drive-thru. So naturally, I'm going to go to the drive-thru. I come whipping through the parking lot. No one's in the drive-thru. No one's in the parking lots. I hit a hard right. I'm in her car. I'm not driving a van. Her car's so much speedier. It's faster. It almost hugs corners like a Porsche. I whip into the drive-thru, and as soon as I whip into the drive-thru order stand, 
her Norco goes ejector style off the roof of the car. Torpedoed. Like this thing didn't get ripped <laughs> off the roof of the car. This thing got scared and jumped off the roof of the car. That's how fast. And it lands to the rocks to the left of me and the driver's seat. I see her and I'm like, holy shit. There was a clearance bar. I didn't pay attention to seeing. There was a clearance bar that rips her bike off of the roof. Okay. She reacts the way I would react if she ripped my bike off the roof, which is to say, um, spirited. <laughs> she has a spirited reaction. We're both out of the car. I'm picking up the bike. There is quite a bit of carnage. We get into Starbucks eventually. All, all this is for a coffee that no, neither of you even want. Now, like point. the coffee and the egg bites, you can take those egg bites and you shove them straight up your pee hole. I don't even want the egg bites anymore. <laughs> so... She drives the car around. I pull the bike over. I see the damage. A surprisingly little damage considering what... You brought it to me with your tail like tucked between your legs, wrapped all the way around and like up to your belly. Yeah. And the bike wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. But uh, when you do that... There are there there is no rationalization. Like you, I can rationalize a lot of stuff. You're just an idiot. Yeah. When you rip a car off a roof, you're an idiot. Yeah. This is my third time, in like you know, 15 years. But it's my. Th- you're an idiot. Period. And in that moment, you're in, not. You, yeah. Before it, you're not. After it, you're not. And you know you're not going to make the mistake again soon. Buddha says, "With each breath, we're a new person. <laughs> so you're the only the person you are in this one breath." <laughs> I'm an idiot. In, in, okay. In that at this moment. <laughs> so we get inside. She orders us our coffee. She orders us some breakfast. She we're waiting. Now I am hungry. There's been a lot of situation that's happened. I'm starving. Sit down. I get the egg bite. They heat them up so much, like scalding hot. So I'm breaking them open. I'm getting ready to take the first bite. And this dude comes up and introduces himself. And he listens to the podcast and he sees us at events. And he, <laughs> he saw we were up in Leadville. Are we doing Leadville? And then it's just a torrent of questions. He's doing it the first. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at my like, I just want to eat bro. egg bites and my coffee and the broken bike outside and like all the shit I have to deal with now to get there. Because we're like two weeks out of the event. And I'm like, yeah, man, no, there's yeah. a big group of us doing and uh, so And I'm like, <laughs> The inside of me is being raked across hot concrete yeah. and the outside of me. And it's taken that to get past angry mountain bikers. Yeah. It really, really has. When you are, when you, when you're f- recognizable, when you feel like you are, uh, when you feel like you're in hiding, you can be however you, it's why people flip you off when they're in their car. Yeah. They think they're like tough behind a clothes, like yeah. I'm invincible. Don't let me catch you at a stop sign. Yeah. When you're hiding in anonymity, you may feel feel like you can be how no one's anonymous, right? Like, if you act like a dick on the trail, you're gonna see that person again. You're mm-hmm. riding in Green Mountain, by the way, buddy, and you're riding in Green Mountain on a Monday. Yeah, odds are we have a similar schedule. Probably gonna see you again mm-hmm. on a similar Monday. Mm-hmm. Might know you. By the way, you have your Strava on. Yeah. Like, and so for me, being involved with with this group has helped me like pump the brakes a little bit. Sometimes it's really hard, like. Really hard. In other times, I find it pretty easy because it's so obvious. And uh, that guy and I had a good conversation. I, I was the tip of my tongue was like, "Hey, buddy, I just like almost destroyed my wife's bike. I just I, I can't talk. I need right to now. eat. I need coffee. Yeah, I'm embarrassed. But I'm I was mad. Like, What's three minutes? Yeah. And to him, it made all the difference in the world. 
Hopefully, or or he or at least it didn't do the opposite. Effect, yeah, yeah, it, right? it didn't he, put him off. Maybe it was just like a vanilla interaction for him. Yeah. Um, versus it could have been like something terrible. It would be like, dude, those guys. You could have been dicks. like, you could have been like, dude, I need to eat, and I just wrecked my wife's bike. Can this take a minute? And he's gonna be like, um, I'm just gonna leave. Yeah, you guys are. I'm gonna give you a one star on totally. iTunes. <laughs> or anytime I see you guys, yeah. I'm gonna be like, dude, those guys are dicks, right? There's a local team that, even though we've had no negative interactions with since 2019 colin is still like fuck those guys (laughs) like one one 10 minute interaction on a trail where he couldn't get around him and it seemed like they were intentionally not letting him around and you know all it takes is one bad one right i mean i got that team in my head right now a different team i i I know the people yeah i think their whole organization is terrible wow it's totally not fair that's not no i'm gonna let that go um so it's been a little rambly, but I think uh, I really do think whether it's you know your your local trail ride or stressing out about a race or an event, you know if you just try to come at it from a different perspective, you know, and really it can be, you know, honestly for me sometimes I do just have to remind myself like, dude, you're healthy enough to go do this shit, like you literally have just the ability to say i'm going to wake up and do it and other times it you know it 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 has to be a slightly different uh version of that where it's uh it's more about how awesome is that view or whatever but like the cognitive load of training and racing and doing events can be high and the ways that you can soften those edges i think comes from just like shifting your perspective and if you can shift your perspective then you can treat the people around you better too. To add to that, nothing is written in stone, meaning one frustrating training ride because of trail traffic or what, like it's not going to define you full stop, done, finished, over. Like you have tomorrow, you have the next day, even moving past that, like a bad race doesn't Mm -hmm. define, you know what I mean? Like, these things are all you, you always have the opportunity to go again. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow's a new day. I mean, dude, like I'm less than 48 hours away from a DNF. Yeah. Right. And you sit here and you go, yeah, well, you know, things happen. Like, but <laughs> I have this race and this race and this race and this race and this. And so, like, you know, as long as you keep just like placing it forward, mm-hmm. dude, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. It's really not. Um, Anything else you want to add today? I mean, all I know is this. <laughs> you can't take yourselves too seriously. And that's why Rob and I are riding a 26-inch wheels <laughs> tandem to the level 100. I'll tell you what. The 2016 version of me uh, and then the 2017 version of me, 2019 version of me, 2021 version of me, all doing Leadville, all successful, all with buckles, Right. I am looking more forward to this experience than I did any of those four. Because I have abandoned expectation other than you're going to work really hard and have a good time. It also comes down to ability. I could ride the level 100 on a single speed cruiser bike. Mm-hmm. I just have that confidence. Mm-hmm. And not that I'm a badass, but like I just know could I, do could, it. I could do it. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that speaks to more why this is something that you want to talk about. You are in that position where because you are able to do everything, you now get the chance to have perspective because you've climbed that pyramid mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, and it's just all the more reason why when you put in the good stuff, you put in the hard work, you get to live at a higher level. And that's 
what we're saying. If you're an angry mountain biker, odds are you're underperforming yourself. Why don't you go out and train a little bit more? You won't be so mad. Go ride up some more hills. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, uh, everyone, thanks for uh, bearing with us while we just kind of rambled and chit-chatted. Um, hopefully you took something away from it, and we'll catch you on the next one. See you. Get the fuck out!